What can you tell me about the NFC West? Well, Kenji, let me tell ya. It's chaos. There's so much drama. You've got the Rams, Niners, and Cards, and the Seattle Seahawks. It's chaos. We can tell you all about it. I mean, look at the standings. It's why we call it Best of the West. Listen to Best of the West every Wednesday from 1 to 1.30 only on Blaze Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best of the West. We are back in studio. Kenji, welcome back. Yeah, it's great to be back. You know, uh, we recorded an episode, you know, it's uh, a week before, but it's finally good to be back in the groove, back in the Bill Austin Radio Studio. And uh, let's uh, jump right into the news. And, you know, uh, we we got some interesting news today, actually, between all four teams. For all four teams, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a chaotic week for yeah. uh, the NFC West division. It's uh, chaos. Le- no. It is chaos. Yeah. Um, let's start off with the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan said that this is very recently. This is mm-hmm. as of this past couple days. Said that Jimmy G has an outside chance to be uh, ready for the NFC Championship and that yeah. there'd be a better chance if they make the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Do they really change quarterbacks this postseason as Brock Purdy is still undefeated as starting quarterback? Yeah, you know, when I saw this tweet by uh, Adam Shefty himself, uh, you know, the insider for the NFL, I was, like, completely, like, surprised. I'm like, man, this is really su- this is really surprising because... Like you said, Brock Purdy is undefeated at 6-0 since he's taken over the starting role for the 49ers. But it's like, but I have a feeling that this kind of shows that Kyle Shanahan doesn't have the absolute most trust with Brock Purdy just yet. Yeah, I mean, he's still third string. He's still mm-hmm. Mr. Relevant. Yeah. Like, is there? does the magic run out at some point, or mm-hmm. is he... legit yeah i i personally think he's legit like you know obviously people say that he's kind of like a check down and he just uses the talent around him uh to like kind of succeed but like kind of you've like people i've seen recently that you know he's making the more complex throws he's kind of staying uh moving around more you kind of seen him more like a quarterback than just someone who this gets an a on the project and does nothing (laughs) you know right so I I personally like like Brock Purdy and honestly if Jimmy G is healthy I wouldn't put him in is because like you know he comes off an injury right comes off an injury that takes some time to heal or um and I think you this it's the 49ers are on a complete hot streak right now right I say I I say don't fix something that ain't broke mhm so I would keep Purdy in yeah. Even even if the Niners get to the Super Bowl, yeah, I mean Brock Purdy would be playing in his hometown. Yeah, ex- exactly, and I I think that would help. And obviously, Niners fans and NFL fans just in general, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo. We've seen him what he plays like in big time moments. He usually kind of plays well in the first half, and then when it's crunch time, when it's crunch time, like he kind of. Choke, chokes it and just kind of effortlessly throws the ball away or kind of commits, like, effortless turnovers, you know? Right. Um, 
moving on from Jimmy G, though, Trey Lance has kind of been in the balance because he started mm-hmm. off the year as yeah. the starting quarterback, came into this season as the starting quarterback, played pretty well. Yeah. What wasn't disappointing at all. He had yeah. a really good game against the Seahawks before he injured himself yeah. and was out for the year. And then Jimmy G takes over. He does fine. He uh, And then Brock Purdy comes in, plays above expectations. Mm-hmm. What happens to Trey Lance after this season? Well, I think it's, I think it's actually a toss-up between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. It, it's either that they get rid of one and keep the other or – like it's it's it comes down to that because Jimmy G as he like he's getting older and everything as time goes on and but you might keep him because he has like the experience and can teach Brock Purdy hey this is kind of like the rules and ways of the NFL right but you get rid of a good mobile quarterback in Trey Lance and honestly I I said this to um some 49ers fans the other day. I'm like, hey, it's possible that you could keep Trey Lance and kind of run like a, like one of those offenses where like you have like your quarterback who throws the ball and you got a complete runner, uh, and kinda just like, kind of like the Saints are doing. Yeah, kind of like the Saints are doing, it. and the and the Panthers did it when like Cam Newton was kind of going down, but you know it's it's a toss up between those two. And I actually saw earlier today, Trey Lance and the Vikings would be interesting, but. Like kind of predicting, I would, I would rather keep Trey Lance. I would, t- I, I think Trey Lance is expendable. Mm-hmm. I think when you have two young QBs, uh, both very different QBs, um, but they're still young QBs, mm-hmm. um, you have to get rid of one or the other. Yeah. And Trey Lance has kind of become a Teddy Bridgewater. I I agree. That's that's a good comparison. <laughs> And it's not his fault. It's not his fault at all. It's just he's been kind of just it. Things just happen. Yeah, things didn't play out for him as like right. expected. You know. Right. I don't think he still has the potential to be a good quarterback. It's just where he probably is going to be a good quarterback somewhere else that's not San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, moving on to the Seattle Seahawks, who just recently got eliminated from the playoffs mm-hmm. by the 49ers. Yeah. Um, it was close in the first half, but... It was. And then the second half, the defense didn't show up. The offense, once the fumble happened... That that was the game. Yeah, that was the game. Everyone knew it was the game at that point. They made it official that the Seahawks have the best rookie class. Them and the Jets. Yeah had the best uh, rookie class. Yeah. How does it influence who wins the rookie awards? Does this give more uh, more votes to Tariq Woolen and Kenneth Walker for D-Point or for D-Roy and O-Roy at the end mm-hmm. of the season? Yeah. On a, honestly, with the offensive rookie of the year, I think it's definitely going to Kenneth Walker because you rarely, like, you rarely see an occasion that a rookie running back has over a thousand yards in their first season, right? right? And you know, Kenneth Walker, he also didn't start the season. You know, he came in right. when Penny went down. So having a thousand yards and having like, I don't how I don't know how many touchdowns he had, but he had like over nine touchdowns or something. Um, that's just impressive, and I think it should clearly go to him over Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Yeah, uh, at, yeah, I agree. And he also had nine touchdowns. Uh, like that's pretty impressive for a running back in general, 
And for defensive rookie of the year, it's it's still a toss up between Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen. You know, they're obviously the defensive backs of the future, of course. But you know, looking like seeing the stat that Sauce Gardner gave less than like 50 yards in man coverage, like he was a complete lockdown in man coverage. I think that just proves something, and I think he'll probably win it. Yeah, I think Sauce Gardner wins it not just because he was fantastic this year, because mm-hmm. he was. Um, the first the first round uh, kind of stigma, I think, also gives way to um, the voting. It's like, hey, this was the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I believe he was the first D-back picked in yeah. last year's draft. No, he was the second because it was second. Derek Stingley. Stingley, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, Sauce was picked in the first round. Tariq Woolen was picked in the fifth. Uh not much expectations, uh, big expectations, but those expectations were met. Tariq Woolen defied those expectations. I think I think the edge goes to Sauce mm-hmm. overall, especially even though this doesn't really consider the fact that um, I think Sauce played better than Tariq did in their mm-hmm. week, se- week 17 matchup, even though the Seahawks won that, won that game. Yeah. Um, Javon Hargrave and Jermaine Pratt, future Seahawks. Yeah. Question mark. You know, I I I saw I, like when I looked up Seahawks, I kind of saw that, and I'm like, that's interesting. Um, so it was like a whole article. I forgot who it was from, but it was a credible source as um I saw, and honestly, I like these two guys. These two guys are like fairly young. They're not super young. They're fairly young. Um, but honestly, with these two guys, I only see one coming to Seattle possibly, and that's Jermaine Pratt. And and this is why is because Javon Hargrave is in a good Eagles defense, and Fletcher Cox is kind of like kind of aging and regressing as time goes on. So they need that backup who's kind of younger, right? So I think the Eagles re-sign him personally, and then Jermaine Pratt. I think he would be perfect for the Seahawks because he's an off-ball linebacker. Um, and he can, like, I know Cody Barton is, like, he's okay. He's not great. But I think Jermaine Pratt can take his spot. I think Jermaine Pratt's, be- I think Jermaine Pratt's better than Cody Barton. Mm-hmm. Another guy that I think could be a good fit for Seattle that I've seen is Darren Payne. Yeah. Just got, um, he's a free agent after this season. Just mm-hmm. got, um is replacing Aaron Donald in the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. It, it will be interesting to see how the Seahawks work free agency and the draft. Yeah. Who they pick in the draft, I think Miles Murphy is a Seahawk at the number five pick. Yeah, I, uh, I personally do as well. Um, but, or Tyree, I think one of those two yeah. are going to be Seahawks at the fifth pick. Yeah. The 20th pick, not sure. I think yeah. that could... That's kind of that's kind of a little down. It's a, it's a little hard to pick there. Yeah. Um, but I think the Seahawks have to be aggressive in free agency. They have to go after interior defensive linemen and mm-hmm. edge rushers because yeah. outside of Nwosu, there wasn't a lot of yeah. uh, pass rush was really the um, was really the like it was kind weakness of weakness. Yeah. Of and, Seattle. Yeah, and I think. Like you said, I think the thing that they need to target in free agency the most is 
specifically a right outside linebacker because they use Boye Mafe and Bruce Irvin, and they kind of like switched the two. I really like B- Bruce Irvin, but when Boye Mafe came in and he started blitzing, I'm like, what, what, what is this team doing? Because when he was at Minnesota, right, he he was he was kind of mostly in coverage. He never really rushed the quarterback. You Boye Mafe, he was a rookie this year. Yeah, he is a rookie. Yeah. So like, I mean. Like, he started rushing the quarterback, and I'm like, oh, no. It's like they're going to be weird with this guy. Because when he was in Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, I forgot the college mascot for the team. Uh, he was mostly in pass coverage, not blitzing. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Brooks also kind of fits that kind of pass coverage linebacker. He's yeah. the tackle um he he gets the tackles he's kind of been yeah um he's been bobby Bobby wagner's replacement basically right he's bobby wagner's replacement not gonna say he is bobby wagner no not yet he uh has potential he he has potential to be very very good at the um linebacker position and he did very well this year as well yeah Um, i mean not 181 tackles but still (laughs) like pretty good and we mentioned him before a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. Darren Payne. But moving on to the Rams, Aaron Donald kind of scared some people on Twitter a little bit. Yeah. Especially Rams fans. Uh, he put on Twitter, he put former NFL player and former Ram. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Donald. And then changed it after people noticed. And he put on, and then he tweeted out that he's not leaving. Yeah. Do you, what was that? I don't know. Like when, like when he sent that to me on Twitter, I'm like, oh, well, it's like this is weird. That's the first thing I said. This is weird. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's a sign because you know he's still he's in his 30s now, and he's not, and you know he's going through like, like double team, triple team every single play. Right. And like you know, as aging goes on, your strength goes down. So, I mean, I think it's a sign that he possibly can retire soon. But, like, like when I think, like, th- this upcoming NFL season and next, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. You know? I think he's played, he's played nine years in the NFL now. Yeah. He's talked about retirement before, especially after the Super Bowl. Yeah. And ASAO is going to come back. He has over 103 tackles and, or sacks. I mean, in including 20 sack season yeah. back in 18. Yeah. I think whenever he does retire, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's a few years now, he is a lock for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think he's first ballot. Yeah, I first, do too. He, first ballot Hall of Famer. He is the best yeah. defensive player of this generation, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, and usually, like, defensive tackles, defensive ends, you know, they kind of usually last, like, 12 to 14 years. So, like, I mean, that, that time is uh, – the experience is going up toward that point because you said he has played nine years in the NFL? Yeah, 2014 to wow. 2022. Yeah, so I-, I could see it happening, like, in a couple years, but not right now. Yeah, I think I think the fact that he's entertaining it means that maybe he plays one more season, mm-hmm. but if he's still, if the Rams aren't supporting him, yeah. don't have a supporting cast for him on the D-line, yeah. he's going to end up retiring. Yeah. Um, but that was that was really scary, even for us, because yeah. it's like, what the, what the heck? 
yeah, I, I, I was completely surprised. I'm like, oh, this is not normal, and this is a sign of some sort. Yeah. Speaking of possible retirements, mm-hmm. uh, Sean McVay entertained the idea of um, – we talked about last episode mm-hmm. that Sean McVay was entertaining the idea of retiring as head coach to go to the broadcast booth. Uh-huh. He ultimately decided to stay as head coach of the Rams. Yeah. Do you think how, – how long do you think he has left being a head coach? He's super – he's still super young. Yeah, he's still super young, and he, he's great. And I think you said it – and I think, like, you know, we were on live air last week, of course, but you said it perfectly, is that you can't see Sean McVay at another position anywhere else. Like, right. he, he, like, fits the ideal head coach for a football team, whether that be NFL, college, whatever, right? And I, I'm excited to see him return as the head coach. But I think one thing that, like, teams are figuring out is that they're figuring out the Rams' offense. And if he wants to stay, like, a mastermind again, like, he needs to completely change, like, kind of, like, make the offense complex and change it. Because, like, I think we, I think fans especially saw this season that a lot of the Rams' offense is a lot of bootleg, a lot of, like, gun set formations, and it's just throw, throw, throw the ball. Right. And if it's, like, third and one, you run. Right. And I think I think a lot of those problems had to deal with the injuries that the Rams oh, of course. Uh, had last season. Mm-hmm. I think with your starting quarterback going down, your best wide receiver, your two two of your wide receivers going yeah. down, your slot receiver going down to start the year. To, you know, and it, it's just it, your defense just being decimated by injuries. It was just how do you how do you how are you supposed to compete with those yeah uh with those injuries we saw Kyle Shanahan get to a few years ago when the 49ers had those injuries they missed the playoffs but they could have made the playoffs if they mm-hmm. had Nick Bosa back yeah uh, exactly it, so it's it it was just sad to talk about the Rams this year oh, because yeah. i think they had the nothing Rams, going for them yeah, nothing was going for them. Mm-hmm. They were just stuck in a hole, and it just got worse and worse each and every week. Yeah. And there was nothing they can really do about it. Yep. And I think people saw Sean McVay's first signs of adversity and say, oh, he's going to retire? Is he really that much of a baby that he has a losing season that he loses, that he leaves? Yeah. No, he had losing seasons in Washington Yeah. before he became uh, head coach. Like, people show that graphic of all the oh, yeah. head coaches. Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. Shanahan. Shanahan and McVay. McVay all yeah. worked at Washington at the same time. You know what their record was that year? Three and 13. Oh, wow. So they, those coaches know what it's like to lose. Yeah. Hey, Thanos quote. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Speaking of uh, players uh, who might leave, um, as we talked about Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey, there's a possibility of him getting traded this this offseason. Yeah. How likely is that to happen? Not, not likely at all. I mean, you cannot find a more aggressive corner than Jalen Ramsey in the NFL right now. With his experience. Yeah, with his experience as well. 
Um, and I think him being traded, I get it. It's like he's getting paid a lot, but you get, like the Rams are paying a lot of money to a lot of players, and I don't think it will make a difference. But it's like if he's gone, then the whole defense is gone, right? Because like for like when Ramsey got traded to the Rams, like in 2017, 2018, I don't remember, but you know, people saw the Rams defense and were like, okay, the face of the defense is Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, right? And you're getting rid of the face of the Rams defense. It, it's it's this like, I cannot picture, I cannot picture it. Yeah, I think if you trade Jalen Ramsey, you ra- you wave the white flag. Mm-hmm. And you begin your rebuild process. Yeah. And then Aaron Donald might get mad too. And Aaron Donald will retire, and then your whole defense is decimated. Yeah. And the only thing you have is Bobby Wagner. <laughs> yeah. And Bobby Wagner didn't come to L.A. to lose. Yep. Um, I think Jalen Ramsey stays. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams, they don't have a lot of early picks, but they do have a lot of picks. Yeah. In this year's draft. They don't have a lot of cap space yeah. because of the contracts that they have. Um, but I think you'll see the Rams front office really try and attack the draft, uh, especially in the third and fourth rounds where they have more than one pick Yeah. in the rounds. Doesn't mean that these players are going to be great. Yeah. Usually they aren't. But you can find Diamond in the rough in these later mid to late rounds. Yeah, for sure. Like, we were just talking about Tariq Woolen. Yeah. Like you can fifth find round. the fifth rounder. You can find guys like him in those late mid to late rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's move on to another team that is completely in now in rebuild mode. Yeah. No kidding. Um, Dave Sear is now the former Panthers GM or Lions, I should say, former Lions GM. My bad is now GM of the Arizona Cardinals. My bad. I was supposed to write this in my note. He's going to be the assistant GM for the Cardinals. Assistant GM for the Cardinals. Yeah, that's my bad. And I believe he said in when I was doing graphics for uh, Best of the West last uh, the other day, he kept saying how much he wants he's going to prioritize character mm-hmm. in – when it comes to bringing guys to the Cardinals. Whether that's shade at Kyler Murray, I don't know. But I think it's going to impact a lot when it comes to picking the next GM and the next Mm -hmm. head coach. Yeah. Because there's a lot of head coaches... That are possible. That are possible. You could hire internal and go Vance Joseph, which... That would not be a good coach. if you... Talk to any Cardinals fan, they don't really want. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like Sean Payton's going to become a Cardinal. It looks like he's more likely to become a Bronco. Yeah. More likely. More likely. Him and Russell, like Russell Wilson, really, really wants Sean Payton as head mm-hmm. coach. Yeah. And you want to keep your franchise quarterback happy. Exactly. Even though he did not perform well last year. No. Um, I think, you know, we have Dan Quinn and Aaron Glenn as coaching candidates for um, the Cardinals. Dan Quinn knows the NFC West. He coached in the Seahawks organization before. Yep. 
Uh, he has been a head coach before. Yeah, for the Falcons. For the Falcons. Um, part of the 2018 team. Yeah. That, uh, Falcons fans didn't try to forget and remember at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that uh, was interesting was the defensive coordinator for the um, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. He, um, I'm blanking on his name. D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. I feel, I feel like he would be a really good fit. Mm -hmm. Because it looks like the Cardinals are going for defensive-minded coaches. Yeah, and I think that's what the Cardinals need. Yeah, even though, because their offense looks fine on paper. Yeah. Looks fine on paper. Yeah. Their defense Looks. looks awful. Yep, I agree. A lot of those guys are either overpaid veterans, mm-hmm. or they're, um, or they're guys who just never panned out. Yeah, and you know Jalen Carter or Will Anderson are going to be drafted to the Cardinals. To the Cardinals in this upcoming draft, barring any changes to the draft. Yeah, hopefully there aren't any changes. Well, the Bears might trade back. Yeah, their possible. number one pick because there's probably a team like the Falcons or the Saints that are going or the Bucks that are going to try and trade up for a QB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get Bryce Young. Anyway, we got a big game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It is Saturday. Tomorrow is Sunday. Sunday night football yeah. is 49ers and Cowboys. Yeah, a rematch. A rematch from last season in the same stadium. Yep. So who do you got in this upcoming, or not the same stadium actually? It's in forty. It's in San Francisco, Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who do you got in this matchup tomorrow? I got the Forty ers but it's going to be super close. I think it's going to be like a twenty-four to twenty game or something, because both offenses are outstanding and both defenses are outstanding, and I don't think it's going to be as crazy as last year with the Dak push or something. Yeah. But. It's going to be close, and I still have the 49ers winning. I think that the Dallas Cowboys are going to find a way to lose and that they will yeah. break the hearts of yeah. Dallas Cowboys fans everywhere. Sorry, as, Zachary. As they, usually, as they usually do, and Sam Valenti. Yeah, Sam our good, also. Our good friends, uh, Zach Wargo and Sam Valenti, big Cowboys fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, big, big game. Yeah. This weekend. All the playoff games are actually all, really good. All the playoff games look amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I got the 49ers uh, 27 20. I think, okay. it's gonna, I think it's going to be by a touchdown. Okay. I still think it's going to be a defensive game. Both defenses are really good. I think Brock Purdy is going to improve to 7 0. Yeah. And it's going to try and work his way to go to the Super Bowl in his home state. Mm hmm. Anyway, that's going to be it for Best of the West. This episode flew by fast, it yeah, felt like. I, I felt like that some things we didn't touch upon, but, you know, uh, but I thought it was a good episode for sure. Yeah, it's good to be back in the stew. Mm-hmm. And we will see you next week, same time, same place. See you later, everyone.